You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is the podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Tony Groves, David Flowers, and special guest Chris Perez. Hey, guys. Hello. What's up, Mike? Good evening. Hey, welcome. Uh, boy, we're right before season here. It's like everything's at a fever pitch. It's amazing how much stuff is going on right now in iRacing. Uh, so let's get right into it. Let's uh, first meet Chris Perez, uh, new guest today. Uh, thanks for coming, Chris. Uh, tell us how you got your start on iRacing and how did you hear about it? I was watching a NASCAR race. I believe it was a homestead race back in 2011. They pitched a promo to this. I think it was a Ray Alfala commercial that they said, you know, he won $10,000. So I was like, hey, I can do that. Now, five years, six years later, no, I can't. <laughs> right. Yeah, it looks like you've been a member since 2012. So uh, six years now, huh? Yeah, six years. Uh, one year real hardcore. A couple of years just kind of petered around. Right. So these days, how often are you racing and what series do you normally run? If I do run official, it's usually C-fixed, B-fixed. I mostly run league races with PRL, but that's about it. All right. That's a perform, uh, Precision Racing League, right? Uh, I run with them on Wednesdays. Yes, yeah, Precision Racing League. We run a road truck series on Wednesday, and then we have our Xfinity Oval Series on Sundays. Yeah, it's been a good little league. I've uh, run a few races in so far, and I've been pleased with it. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, tell us about your hardware. What type of wheel and pedals do you have? How many monitors? That kind of thing. I'm currently running a T TS500, or yeah, the Thrustmaster 500 with the Thrustmaster T3PA pedals, four Dell 20-inch monitors on a NVIDIA, uh, no, Asus 1060. All right, triples it is, all right. Uh, what do you do, do you have like a, what, are you, what about your seat, do you have like a cockpit, or are you sitting at a desk, or? I Went to the local hardware store, pieced together a $50 rig, and just threw everything together. Got a good deal on some seats and out of a Mustang, and that's what I use. All right. It's amazing how many different types of uh, configurations are out there of people building their own stuff and whatnot. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, 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 a real nice rig is nice, but just, you know, something custom made to use, just awesome. It's no other way around it. All right, you mentioned a fourth monitor. What kind of third-party software are you using? Uh, what are you showing on that fourth monitor? I run, the, of course, the TeamSpeak server, but mostly when I run the uh, league races and stuff, I'm running like sim racing apps so I can control stuff there, see what's going on, see where people are at. And every once in a while, I'll use Z1 when I'm trying to learn how to set up build. Yep, Z1 dashboard, all right. 
And, uh, of course, we met because you're joining our team for the 24-hour race to be take a stint in the car. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, do you have, like, a regular team uh, that you run with? Are you a, a loner out there or what? I'd like to get a PRL, a Precision Racing League team endurance race going, you know, for every race. When we show up, everybody's like, oh, no, not these guys again. It's been kind of hard hit and miss. You guys offered, you know, asked for help, and we hadn't made commitments at the time. So I was like, sure, I'll I'll help out. All right. Well, yeah, it's hard to – it's like herding cats. Uh, David, you've uh, been organizing uh, our, our team. It's going pretty good. Uh, you kind of had some personnel challenges today. Yeah, I had a little bit, but got it all straight. Found, uh, found another driver to actually take uh, – John LaBaff's spot for us. He's a army uh, vet. He's a military vet, just like me. So not bad. Good, good. All right, uh, Chris, tell us about your most memorable i racing moment. It'd probably be when I won. Uh, I can't remember what season it was, but I won Division Three Advanced Mazda Championship. I placed 24th or 25th overall that season, and I set the 8th or 9th fastest lap at Daytona Short that season, too. Yeah, I was just looking at your stats here. Uh, Your stats are pretty stout on the road and dirt road side. Uh, Winning percentage on road overall, 4.5%, which is pretty good. Top 5, 37%. And your dirt road, uh, 13% is your winning percentage. So how do you like in GRC? I, I love it. I just wish I could find more time to run it. Well, you're winning 13% of the time. That's pretty good. I didn't even realize it was that high. Yeah. Well, very good. Welcome uh, to the podcast. Uh we got a ton of topics, guys. Let's kind of get into it. Uh, first off, we'll talk about the big race tonight. We got the Road to Pro, Richmond. Uh, what do you guys think? I haven't even taken a lap. I'm kind of embarrassed. Uh, I'm going to probably be going into this race without practice. You're not the only one, Mike. I've just been worried about getting everything ready for the 24, from practicing with Chris to getting a setup to making sure we got enough drivers. Yeah, I've been kind of focused on that, too. I think it's a higher priority than Road to Pro for me, anyway. Uh, Tony, what do you got? You going to run Richmond tonight? No, I'm uh, I'm, I'm bailing out on, on tonight. Um, I've been an absolute weapon over the last couple of weeks. And, uh, well, quite frankly, I just can't afford to, to take another rough hit. So I'm going to take that time and uh, just get some seat time practice and some... Uh, some of the tracks and uh stay away from the race tonight yeah yeah go ghost uh one of the upper splits and see what you can do that's always a challenge last night tony chris scales and myself ran the a open at dover 120 laps chris and i finished 12 and 13th five and eighth laps down and tony unfortunately bit the bullet and where were you like 65 laps down tony oh yeah yeah, at least. I mean, quite frankly, I had absolutely no business being out there. Um, even all the practice I did, and I was solid in the practice, but come race time, I was just terrible. 
they threw a big wrench out of, or a big curveball at us. Practice was like 87 degrees. We hit the racetrack. It's 112 at Dover. No grip. Was yep. a lot of attrition, like every, a lot of people wrecking out or what? No, we got like a good 30, 40. We got good a two like really long, like 30, 40, 50 lap runs. Like people were doing good. Um, It's just me and Tony both spun. Um, I had burned through my tires in like 35 laps. It just, we had good competition and it, it was a good race. I was sweating the whole time. Um, But the biggest thing I noticed is just, you got to be way easier on the throttle now than you used to be. The car just gets so upset if you're not. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about running that with you guys. I obviously would have been in a different split. And the reason I didn't run it, because it was open, and we don't have a set. And I'm just afraid in that, up, that split I would have been in, I would have been out the lunch, probably about a second a lap uh, without a set. So I skipped yeah. it. Well, five, wouldn't you know, uh, five minutes before the race starts, our non stoner gave us a Dover set. And I'm like, I haven't practiced with this. And I tried it, and it was so loose coming off, I didn't have time to kind of fiddle with it to, you know, get it to my liking. So we appreciate the donation. We just didn't have enough time for practice. Oh, interesting. All right, well, let's get into topics. I'll take the first one here. Uh, somebody posted in the forums about Daytona qualifying for the road race. Uh, seeing a lot of people shave time by getting on the apron, uh, coming down to the checkered flag or to the start finish line there. And uh, Tyler Hudson piped in on this uh, forum post, uh, iRacing official, basically. If you do this and are protested for it, and the protest finds you guilty, you could see up to, but not limited to, a weak suspension. This is not allowed. That is why there are cones there. So as we go into this 24 hours of Daytona, I want to remind people, when you're doing your qualifying and stuff, or even during the race, you don't need to be on that apron. Yeah, I've never personally even thought about it. Like, I see the cones and everything down there. I just, I just run the line like normal. I don't ever try to... Oh, let me jump down here. This never crossed my mind. Well, in previous 24-hour races, before they put those cones down there, you, know, you, you could get a speed advantage and a time advantage on your competitors and stuff. And I'm thankful they put those cones there. Yeah, because without the cones, Chris, it was like you could fade up onto the oval, but how long did you take to fade up onto the oval? You know, you might run down, down at the bottom for a while, and then come up on the oval, and it's kind of a, a discretionary thing. But with the cones there, it really doesn't give you much choice unless you're going to run over the cone. And then you possibility of pinning one of those underneath your car, too, to slow you down there, too. So it's a double penalty if you get down there. Right. All right, Tony, what's next? Oh, somebody found a... A tire glitch, uh, tire barrier glitch um, in uh, GRC at Phoenix. Um, apparently, the the uh, this tire stack wasn't there 
um, visually, but it was actually there. So somebody posted up a video and, and kind of driving through where that barrier would be, uh, not knowing anything about it, guys behind them uh, getting smacked by the invisible tire barrier and uh, crashing out. But um, uh, iRacing staff, uh, Chris Widener, I believe his name is, um, posted up that they're, they're aware of the bug and uh, they're hoping to, to get it patched either later this week or early next. Yeah, I ran Phoenix quite a bit. I don't think I experienced that, but uh, the video is very telling. Uh, you know, you don't see it there, and he runs through it, and boom, you're wrecked. All right, next topic, uh, boy, Chili Bowl. And boy, is this a crossover between real racing and iRacing, if there ever was one. Because iRacing is the sponsor on the two star cars of the Chili Bowl, Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell. And uh, boy, what a what a week, uh, guys. Uh, Kyle Larson won on night one. Uh, and that was pretty cool to see the iRacing colors in victory lane. Uh, in fact, uh, Steve Myers posted a photo of Twitter on Twitter of victory lane. Uh, Kyle posing with iRacing employees... Steve Reese and uh, what's his name? Kilinagarelli, whatever his name is. What is his name? Kevin Iannarelli. Boy, I really butchered that. He's the associate producer at iRacing.com. Anyway, uh, pretty cool to see them in victory lane with uh, Cup Star Kyle. Uh, so as the week progressed... Uh, the people winning the races were all involved with iRacing. Uh, Christopher Bell won uh, one of the heat nights as well. Uh, one of our own very our iRacers, Todd Bettenhausen, <clears throat> who, uh, whose uncle is the famous Bettenhausen IndyCar driver. Anyway, uh, he was at Chili Bowl and bought a Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell t-shirt. And uh, he posted some really high-res photos on the uh, forums of his new shirts. And, boy, I took a look at those, and you blow them up. And these are nice quality shirts, guys. And I think I want one. <laughs> uh, he also posted some pictures of some simulators that were set up at Chili Bowl, at Chili Bowl in the Expo area. Um, and they had uh, several, looks, it looks like several uh, simulators with iRacing running that people could sit down and try. So uh, that's pretty cool too. Yeah, that looks like it. I like those type of rigs like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, iRacing is the best platform out there. And, you know, we... If people are getting to try it for free, that's that's definitely lucky because usually you gotta try, you know, you gotta buy it to try it. All right, and then the same people that make the uh, T-shirts also announced uh, a new product alert. They're gonna they're producing posters of Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson's iRacing midget, and boy, the posters look good, guys, uh, and they're big. They're like twenty-four by thirty-six. Uh, look pretty good in a frame, I bet. Uh, really neat colors, obviously, red, white, and blue. And then, uh, yeah. 
Well, and then the race uh, came Saturday night, the final uh, premiere event. I actually watched it uh, via Facebook Live. I found some feed on Facebook uh, right as they were going into the feature race and uh, popped it up on the big screen, cracked a beer, and sat back and watched the Chili Bowl. For This is the first time I've actually watched it live and uh, certainly had a, a, a great time watching that race. I can't believe how good the racing is. Uh, especially there at the end. And what happened was Kyle ended up blowing up. His engine blew up. But before that, him and Christopher were trading the lead back and forth. They had caught lap traffic, and they were slicing and dicing and going through there. And, man, it doesn't get better than that. That was awesome. Uh, Yeah. I totally forgot it was was on. I... Uh, I actually had the channel and a buddy even reminded me like to watch it. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to just completely forgot about it. Yeah. And, uh, after the race, uh, here, I think it was today, actually, um, iRacing put up a nice video. Congratulations, Christopher Bell on the chili bowl win. And, uh, really nice looking video. It's just a short one, 24 seconds, but, uh, they splicing together like real life shots with eye racing shots and it's kind of hard to tell the difference and it's one of those kind of videos really cool those are always interesting to watch especially when people are like oh eye racing you know it's it's just a game da 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 and you show them like nah you, there are guys that do this Well, and what do you guys think about now that the Chili Bowl's over and iRacing was a big presence there? I mean, they were on the two most popular cars, you know, and one of those cars ended up winning. I mean, did we get some subscribers to iRacing because of this sponsorship? I, I probably would think so. Uh, I bet you a lot of people might have, you know, seen or heard about iRacing for the first time this last week. Well, yeah, probably... yeah, go ahead, Chris. Say, there'll probably be a good increase in in you know in new subscribers, and then probably taper off. But yeah, there'll definitely be new people coming on board. Yeah. Yeah, and I was gonna say, not only did they have a big presence, you know, like on the track, but um, just at at the event itself. I mean, they had all the uh, simulators there and um, set up with VR and. So anybody interested just to, hey, what, what's this all about? Um, yeah, of course they're going to grab they're gonna grab a few new subscribers. Yeah. I just hope they understand to please get a wheel and not race with a keyboard, mouse, or joystick. <laughs> well, and they're probably getting a good bang for their buck. I mean, if they wanted to try to do that in NASCAR, they would have to spend a ton more money, you know. But at a dirt race like that, you know, it's probably you know, affordable. Uh, I'm going to tie into this next topic because it's kind of the same, uh, along the same line here. Steve Reese from iRacing, he went to the Chili Bowl and it wasn't for fun. He was there to work, guys. And he actually posted about it. I'm going to read what he wrote here. I got to talk to a lot of pro guys over the past few days at the Chili Bowl, many of whom participated in the development. I'd like to say That was the main thing I got from them. They all seemingly really liked the car, but agreed that it wheeled, wheelied too easily 
for the relatively large tracks we have in the sim. Some said they liked it that way, but most agreed that it could stand to be toned down for realism. I'm going to adjust the weight distribution a bit for the patch that's coming in the next few days and get that dialed back a bit. It really doesn't take much weight distribution change to make a big change in the wheelie department. So, yeah, he's out there, you know, in the pits, talking to the drivers, getting feedback, and then he's making changes in the sim, uh, you know, accordingly. Uh, that is so cool. Yeah, that's also requires probably very good note taking. Yep. Well, I mean, um, if, if you really, if you really want to have a good look at, at you know, at the racing, the Chili Bowl is the place to do it. I mean, it's just the, you know, it's such a huge event. I mean, you got lots of stuff to look at and lots of stuff to check out. So. Yeah. Uh, one more tidbit uh, Steve posted was, hey, if you hit the F8 key, you have in-car adjustments for this car. Uh, you can actually adjust the rebound at each corner of the car from the cockpit. So uh, I, I wasn't aware of that, but apparently you have those options. All right, Tony. Yeah, and... Uh... New patch, um, season one, patch one, um, was, uh, rolled out today and, uh, well, they, they did quite a bit of work. Um, not all, uh, quite a list here. Um, I'll go through just a few of them. Um, they got a, they fixed a bug that would cause the simulator to crash when transitioning from one session to another while remaining in sim, like, uh, going from open practice server to the race server. Um, I, I never experienced that, but, um, uh, they, uh, did some updating to the, uh, HTC Vive, uh, stuff. So, um, if they're having the head tracking fails, um, hopefully that's all fixed up and, uh, yeah, I, the one that got me, uh, jumped out at me was rally cross the car to car contact incident point threshold has been reduced. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess going to have to be a little bit more careful, uh, on, on the track is, is how I'm taking it. Am I correct? Yeah. You're going to get more of an impact to your SR, right? Yeah. So, uh, that, that fix has been, uh, made for the dirt midget, uh, that you were just talking about, Mike, the, uh, front to rear weight distribution has been adjusted. Um, so hopefully it'll, you know, keep, keep that front end down a little better. And, uh, the other big one, a lot of people were, uh, looking for was the dirt street stock. Um, numerous physic updates have been made to provide a more realistic driving experience for the rookie class dirt stock car, um, including new aerodynamic maps, engine updates to reduce power and rev limit. The tire compound has been updated and garage ride height ranges have been adjusted to prevent rear tires from clipping through bodywork. So they did quite a bit of work on that car. Um, yeah, and I ran some laps in this car a few minutes ago before the podcast. David, you did as well. Tell me what you think. This is like a whole different car. I mean, it, not in any way does it resemble the old car. No, it doesn't. And, like, I did some practice laps with it and then jumped in a race with a buddy of mine, and we ran the whole thing. Unfortunately, we got wrecked out being lap, tra uh, lap traffic. I just couldn't hold it and got spun. And But, uh, I mean, other than that, the car drives great. It, 
it's funny though. Everybody in my split was complaining. They're like, they slowed this car way down. They need to t- they need to bring it back to where it was. I'm I'm very happy with the changes. It definitely helped. It's a rookie car, okay, and it needs to drive like a rookie car, and that's what they did. The car before was way too hard to drive. You couldn't drive it down the straightaway straight. Um, this car, I couldn't spin it out if I tried. I was going, I, you know, first time in it, I ran some laps. I'm going around the track fine. I didn't spin out, not even once. In the old car, I would have spun out already, you know, just doing laps. And so it's way different. There's a lot less power. Um, it's a much more stable car. Uh, I'm excited to race it. I think uh, this is exactly what I've been waiting for for this car. I'm really glad they got it, you know, changed. Now, I didn't have time to put in notes uh, because this has just happened, in, you know, in the last few hours. Uh, but there is some posts in the forums about people complaining about this car already. And it's only been out a little bit. And uh, But I don't know. I, I think it was a good move. Like I said, I, we, we had guys in my split that were complaining. Like, they were... They were complaining. They're like, man, with the old car, I was running 16-somethings, and now they slowed it all down. I can only run 17s. This is crap. Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, it's a rookie car, guys. Yeah. So I intend to run some of these races, uh, and and I'm going to kind of work my way up uh, proper through the dirt street uh, oval stuff. Start tonight, Mike. You got no excuse. Get in the car. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm on the same uh, boat as you, Mike. I've been waiting for these changes to happen because, you know, like you, I, I I put a ton of practice time on this car, and I could not put, uh, you know, put you'll, you'll like together. it together. So yeah, this this is good. This is real good, and it slowed down too. So that's even better for uh, schmucks like me on there. Yeah, Tony, <laughs> they they were at Lanier t- uh, this week. Like, um, I went out, ran about ten decent laps. Hell, I even. I even got as fast as a 17-2 in, in practice and couldn't match it in qualifying. But, uh, you know, I, I had fun. It's it's definitely a rookie car now, and you shouldn't have any issues. Yeah, so that was the big thing in the build. I think the other big thing was some support for those Vive virtual reality guys who run the HTC Vive. They got some fixes, apparently, to help those guys out. So hopefully that works. I'd All right. To try virtual reality once. I think I'd get sick, uh, but I I can't even go on a roller coaster anymore. I, when I was young, I used to be able to do roller coasters and all that. And as I've gotten older, my vertigo or something has kicked in, and I just can't do them anymore. All right. Let's get into the next topic. Uh, talking about, uh, this is a forum post by Steve Reese. Well, first it was actually by Kent Weatherall, and he asked the question about tire wear on the dirt oval. Any word on when the tire wear is going to be implemented for dirt cars? And Steve Reese did post up. It's still on the radar, hoping to get it sorted out as we work through the rally crash development. Now that was a long time ago. Well, he recently updated and put, really not much to update on, I'm afraid. We've experimented a bit, 
but there is still some more work to be done before it works correctly. It will not be done for season two. So that's the update is uh, don't expect it in the next build as far as dirt oval tire wear. Uh, that's still uh, a, certainly a work in progress. All right, uh, Tony, you get the big topic of the week. Well, uh, yeah, looking at the topic list here, um, it looks like a bunch of stuff that we've already covered. Now, I did notice at the bottom a little new stuff. Um, a question was uh, somebody had asked Tony Gardner about uh, the X-Audio 2 sound engine, if it was uh, still in development, and can we have some news about it? Um, and he popped on the forums and said, yes, it's still in the works. Now, Mike, I apologize. I got no idea what that, that means. Um, maybe you can help me out here. Oh, X-Audio 2 is a, a sound engine uh, a lot of games used uh, to produce sounds and whatnot. And uh, iRacing is still in the middle of implementing it. That was one of the little tidbits. But the big story here, Tony, was Tony Gardner announcing basically the 2018 plans and, and long-term plans for iRacing. And uh, they're going to... And, and so I'm going to just run through a little bullet point list here. This is a huge uh, forum post he wrote out, but we're not going to read it. First, new graphical and physical damage model. Second, dynamic time of day, moving clouds, day-to-night transitions. Three, new tire model version. Yes, a new tire model is coming. A new interface and user experience inside and out of the sim. And here's the big one, guys. AI, artificial cars, are coming to iRacing. Wow, did I ever biff that one? I know we were, uh, you know, we got into a good conversation about this last night, and I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, this is old news. But no, this is huge, and it is new. <laughs> AI, I mean, that's always been the differentiating thing about iRacing is you're always racing a real human being. Well, Apparently, they're going to introduce AI. Uh, what is your first impression? Is this good or bad? My first impression is, you know what? This is a good thing. It's just a, you know, and, and I, I've seen a lot of comments and a lot of people are really negative on it. But, I mean, this is just one more thing for us to, to have at our disposal. And, um, I mean, for someone like me, uh, practicing on, a tra on an empty track uh, does me good for only so far I, I need to to get into that traffic and um in a in a race type experience I, I i really gain a lot from that and uh not having to worry about wrecking other guys and ruining their races if i have ai out there i can smash them all day and nobody cares so on that for that point i think it's really really good yeah and we'll talk more about the UI here later in the show. As all of them, there were many, many forum posts and discussions about AI, and we'll kind of go through those a little bit later. Uh, the other thing he announced is a complete redo of an oval track. He doesn't say which one, though, but that's the news. Um, he also talks about the new beta UI, and, and he kind of gives some perspective. He says, keep in mind the new beta UI still has a long way to go and that you're 
also used to the old way. The plan is to someday switch to the new UI as the primary with the old website backing it up. Sort of reverse of what it is now. Someday long term you probably will not access the racing at all from the now existing old site. Although there will always be probably some type of site connected around the new UI for forums and other things. So he's kind of confirming the website will still be there in some way, shape, or fashion. Yeah, but you can definitely tell that they don't care about the website anymore because, like, the My Racers doesn't work half the time. Um, just there's a lot of stuff on the site that they should fix, but they're not because they're making sure the new UI is where people should go. Yep. All right, let's jump into the next topic. We'll talk more about AI later. Uh, the 2018 Road to Pro schedule has been posted by Tyler Hudson on the forums. If you search that, 2018 Road to Pro schedule, you'll find it. And, uh, boy, I don't think there's any surprises here, guys. Uh, uh, what do you think of the schedule? I mean, it follows the real-life schedule for the most part. Yeah, the the truck schedule, right? Now, remember, this is trucks. This is the one that runs every other Tuesday night opposite the Peak Series. Ooh, that, that Eldora, man. I'm going to need practice for that. Ooh. Yeah, Eldora's on the schedule. That's it, the dirt race. <laughs> this is a Class A Series, guys. You cannot have a B or a C. And if your SR slips, guess what? You're not running. I'm really kind of digging this new format. Um, I, I, I think I like it. Uh, yeah. I still wish it was the A car. I, I, I'm still hung up on the fact that it's trucks, but I guess I don't have much choice, especially when NASCAR seems to be pulling the strings here. Well, that's because they really want you to do it in the pipeline, like how NASCAR does it. You work your yeah. way through the trucks, you're good enough. Then you, then you go to the Xfinity car, you're good enough. And then you're the best in the best with the A car. Yeah. Tyler did mention, uh, a further note about the schedule. You know, it is built around the peak series. So there may be weeks where the series is racing back to back or the race the week after a new build, and a series has been built around it. So it's it's most of the time every other Tuesday, but there are off weeks and stuff because of week 13 and what's going on with peak and that kind of thing. So it's not an exact science, but it looks like a good schedule. Well, we'll see how it goes and can't wait to start running it. Okay, so Tony, let's start going through the AI threads. Uh, what's the first one? Well, the first one uh, is a post talking about um, the possibility of going to console at some point, and uh, you know, with the new uh, um, AI. <laughs> I uh, can't freaking the new UI. Um, the, the styling and the way the way they've got it uh, set up would actually translate really well onto a console. 
um, there, there might be a little bit there. Um, but, you know, why, why limit it to just PC? I mean, I don't know how well you could translate going from, you know, I don't see, think you would see racing online between PC and, and console, um, but separately, um, yeah, absolutely. Why not? Yeah, it'd um, open up the co- it would open up the membership, and we could potentially get more and more content if the you know the content you know the members grow. Yeah, the the only problem is, guys, is for example, like I have the Xbox. Um, the Xbox, for example, only has eight gigs of RAM. We've had sixteen gigs of RAM in PCs now for the better part of seven years. So that's that's the main thing with the with the consoles. They just they don't keep up enough with modern PCs. Like you can go get thirty two gigs of RAM in your PC right now, and it's not much of an issue. the The cost to do that in a console is just astronomical. You can't just port this game over from PC to console. It's not that simple. You'd have, like you said, you'd have to dumb it down so the consoles can handle it. But I like uh, like what Chris says. It would drive membership. Maybe there would be, you know, the console version is kind of, you know, the people that race with joysticks. And boy, if they like it, they can get serious and move to PC and to get even a better experience. You know, the one we have. I don't know. I this is a certainly a good theory. You know, talking about the big picture, why is iRacing doing AI? To me, and we talked about this, Tony, you mentioned it. We talked about this yesterday a bit. What I'm thinking is this is all driven by NASCAR. NASCAR wants AI because they want iRacing to be the console version of NASCAR as well. Why not? Well, to add to that, I mean, if NASCAR is going to put their name on something, um, they they want to get it to the broadest audience, and that that part only makes sense. Um, so you know, like they're they're bringing uh, NASCAR Heat. Uh, I, I believe it was Heat Simulators, like trackside. Well, if we had a console version, you could bring iRacing trackside. Just make yeah. it pure iRacing. Why not, right? Well, actually, Tony, they're they're going to be doing both. Um, they're going to be bringing simulators of both to the track. Right. One of Heat. So for the you know, casual people that, you know, don't want the intricacies of how difficult it is to run a stock car. And then for the hardcore people, they'll have the iRacing set up. But why can't iRacing do that? You have the console version. So if you don't want the full out simulation, I mean, this the simulation on a console uh, made by iRacing is still going to be, you know, leaps and bounds above what, what Heat can put out. Um, we, did they just have the history they're going to be able to do a much better job but it'll still be a little bit more relaxed uh you know for the console type gamer right yeah you got to remember who we're dealing with david kamer the founder of iRacing he's built all the best historical sim games out there for console you know like grand prix legends and so forth oh it's not like he hasn't done it before you know um Here's the other thing uh, some people started uh, talking about, guys. We have telemetry. We have data on how people drive. Can iRacing take that telemetry on a particular driver, let's say Dale Earnhardt Jr., and turn it into an AI? And could you go and host a race and say, I want to race Dale Earnhardt Jr., Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson, and Ray Alfala. 
and you click on some check boxes and there are simulated drivers in your little race when you're racing AI. It's yep. certainly possible. Yes, Mike, you can totally do that right now. On console, Microsoft for Forza 7 has a thing called Drivatars. So when you when you run, they collect data on how you run. So when your Drivatar gets put into somebody else's race, they race just like you. Now, if you're a maniac and can't drive to save your life and hit everybody on the track, your Drivatar is going to race just like that. So that's more that's not just possible. That's actually very doable. Okay, so I'm going to take it one step further. A few weeks ago, Adam Stern twittered, and he's a NASCAR business reporter kind of person, uh, a rumor that there's a rumor out there that NASCAR wants to have a simulation kind of thing where people can race on a simulator during the real NASCAR race against the real NASCAR drivers on their computer. Somehow the data from the actual racetrack of their positioning is transmitted to the sim is thus transmitted down to you and it's like you're in the race with those guys like uh you know but virtually and so that's the long-term goal now that was a rumor that came out and then all of a sudden a you know iRacing announces ai okay and then all of a sudden you know nascar just last week decided, oh, we're going to have iRacing at the track every year, every week this year. It's all too much coincidence, guys. This is what's going on. It's what I think. Well, on top of that, too, um, there there's a series, um, Formula One's the top open-wheel series over in Europe. Well, they have a much smaller series called Formula E, which is where they run nothing but electric cars. They're starting to do things where you can jump in the race somehow like what you're talking about Mike, yeah that's already a thing so yeah. i racing is looking at all this stuff and going okay how do we do this for ourselves and make it quick painless and efficient yep uh another opinion uh put in the forums ray alfala actually says i love the idea of having ai let's put up a server with 30 ai cars and 10 humans Everyone starts in the back and see how fast you can get to the front. Sounds like fun. Also a good way to learn how to pass people on the track. You know, an, a, another positive, and, I, and it was a post that I had read, um, that, you know, we, we've got all these cars and all these tracks. Well, the participation factor in, in some of those is just so low if you have ai now you can go and race those combinations that you want to race and well how you can do it anytime you want yeah there was another thread what ai will you race first when it comes out and people are putting in oh i would race car x on track y why because that never goes official like you said or there's never participation but with ai you can make participation you know <laughs> Yeah, I mean, especially, like, for example, I started iRacing in 2011. iRacing has a very large uh, learning curve and barrier to entry because a lot of people are used to what's on consoles, and, and you're like, okay, you barely touch the gas, and you spin out, and it gets very frustrating. With AI, you know, you could program it to, to really 
you know, watching videos of people on the track and everything is one thing, but learning to follow an AI and learn the intricacies that way, that would really help people out and make the barrier to entry a lot less. It's got to be good, though. I mean, it, they got to do it right. It's got to be good. It can't be clunky, you know, uh, or it's just not going to work. There's another thread, AI feature request, already four pages long, where people are putting in their ideas of what iRacing should do, you know, specifically with iRacing, uh, with the uh, AI stuff. Like, let's allow the ability to put whatever paint jobs we want on them, you know. Um, some kind of trading paints functionality uh, and stuff like that. I mean, there's a million feature requests in this thread already. Yeah, but that might slow down the game a little bit, you know, the sim a little bit there too. Doing all that, you know, adding paints. Doing that much in-depth stuff into the, you know, folders and stuff might make it sluggish a little bit, I would think. Maybe not. Maybe it's just nothing more different than the way it's running now, though. Yeah. Uh, there was even a thread uh, a for, uh, about are you for or against AI in high racing? And boy, lots of discussion there. Uh, 13 pages on a thread that says who is against AI? And uh, some people are like, this is against what iRacing was founded on, you know, and and that kind of thing. And I don't know. Wasn't iRacing founded on making money and getting their brand out there? I don't even think they were trying to make money. I think they were just trying to make a nice sim. It's only going to make make this better. So it, it it also can, you know, make us better. If we're chasing around faster cars, you know, we'll eventually get better too. Yeah, the uh, poll results are 579 vo votes. 62% said they are for AI in the service and 38% against. So uh, looks like people are liking it. Yeah, I definitely voted for the AI. Um, I, I just, you know, sure there's a few negatives, but uh, the the pros far outweigh the cons in my in my view. I like the idea of uh, maybe it can be field fillers. You don't get enough people to, f to round out a field to the max number. Well, why not just drop some AI on the back of the grid? You know. It's got to be good, though, if you're going to do that with official racing. All right, let's get the next topic. Uh, my favorite series, NIS. Uh, Tyler announced the schedule, and he published it on the forum. Uh, it's called 2018 NIS Schedule. And uh, not a lot of surprises. Um, it follows the NASCAR cup schedule, obviously, but, uh, the big topic was how many races are full length races? Well, guess what guys? It's four. We're down to four now. Okay. And apparently one of them is not the Charlotte 600. 
And that would be the first time ever we haven't had a Charlotte 600. That was not one of the four. Uh, they actually picked Bristol Spring Race to be full distance. So it was yeah. Daytona, what was it, Indy, Day, uh, Bristol, and Homestead. Yeah, I saw that they nixed the, the Charlotte race, and I was I was a little bummed out about that. I ran that last year, and oh boy, is it long and stuff. But, and you know, it's just fun. I mean, you make it through that, and it's like, holy cow, I just, I totally accomplished that. Um, personally, I wasn't too uh, thrilled at seeing the Bristol race full length, because you know, I'm, I'm terrible with the short tracks. So I was not looking forward to that. Well, after some heavy uh, discussions, Tyler posted yesterday that, uh, based on the feedback in the in the forum post, he has submitted a revised version for making the Charlotte race 400 laps and the Spring Bristol race 250. So it sounds like he's asked NASCAR to make an adjustment there. Yeah, I mean it's it's still not the the full length charlotte race but it's it's much better and i i kind of like they they knocked that bristol race down a little i am happy as can be that there's only four i mean it used to be like eight or ten at one point and it was just nonsense Ooh. four is right that's a good number i don't know mike i'm i'm mad to tell it a game the full 188 laps that was fun as hell last year i i got third and fourth in both Talladega races I ran. I needed that. Well, as you can see in this post, though, you ask 100 people what they want, you're going to get 100 different answers, literally. Oh, I know. Now, one that I, I'm kind of surprised they didn't do. Um, now, I did see some good arguments, but a lot of people want Darlington, and I was kind of surprised they didn't go that route this year, but... Um, I did, uh, you know, I did see a, a lot of good arguments uh, to why they wouldn't want to take that one full length. Yeah, I'm I'm pleased with the schedule. I'm pleased. I didn't really. I mean, I'm I'm glad that he's resubmitted for this Coke 600, and we can get that back because that is a our longest race of the year, you know. And I'd hate for that just to go away. You know, we've been doing it for years. I've yeah, like never that's an awesome one. race. That's four and a half hours or something of driving. Something like that. So, Chris, you haven't run a 600 yet? No, I've only ran the Indy once, and I made it to turn three on the first lap, and that was it. You didn't get the whole 500 miles? No. Nope. <laughs> Bad luck. <laughs> he didn't even make he didn't even make it two miles. <laughs> no, I have very, very bad luck in the oval cars. All right, Tony, what's next? Hi, Racing threw up a tweet. Um, and hello again. If you haven't tried it yet, ghost racing is a great way to practice your skills and see how you match up against competition. And 100% absolutely, what a great thing to uh, to have to be able to do on this, um, I, I use it quite regularly. Um, not so much to run with, try, you know, try and run with the uh, with the big guys, but even uh, just just getting some practice laps in and just seeing how I stack up against 
you know, my competition in, in my splits. Yeah. Like you said before, you, when you're by yourself on the track, there's only so much you can learn. You got to be around other cars and this is a great way to do it. It's ghosting. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, even times where, uh, you know, we've been racing as a team or if I, you know, if I couldn't get there for the start of the race, I could still jump in with you guys and, you know, and, you know, race with you guys. You guys just can't see me. Yeah, pretty cool that iRacing is promoting this and putting out little short videos about how to ghost. They literally show you where to click to get into a ghost session. So they're trying to teach the new people, hey, don't forget that we have this. And I think people do forget. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But it's a, it's a you know, wonderful tool, wonderful tool. Okay, next topic. Uh, somebody put up in the forums uh, regarding the endurance racing here. There needs to be a sticky on how to run a team endurance race. Anybody have trouble finding information? And uh, somebody posted up a link to a PDF uh, that iRacing had put together at some point, a 21-page PDF about team racing. I think it's when team racing first came out. But it literally gives you detailed instructions, guys, about how to create a team for endurance racing, uh, the specifics of how to, you know, join a, an endurance race that is, you know, already started or whatever, uh, what the rules are as far as, uh, share, uh, you know, how much time you have to be in a car to, to have an equal share, so to speak. And I know, uh, David, you had a lot of questions in the last few weeks as you were preparing our team for the 24-hour race, and this probably would have been helpful for you, huh? Well, uh, me and Will figured it out through a lot of uh, trial and error. That's why um, on the Facebook Messenger, I sent that picture that said, all right, guys, when you go to log in, it's going to be a little different. It looks like this. And you got to look for the Tafosi Endurance Racing. If you accidentally join as another team, we're screwed. <laughs> yeah, so check that out. Uh, you can search the forums, How to Run Special Events, and you can find that link. Uh, pretty good information. I wonder why it's you know not out visible for people to use. I mean, we had to have somebody post some obscure link to be able to get to this, but... All right, Tony, what do you got next? Yeah, a Twitter post from uh, Matt DeBenedetto. <laughs> and I butcher his name every time I try and say it. Um, just a, a quick post to him uh, playing around in GRC. Call me Ken Bloggs. Just a you know, really nice, huge, long drift through one of the uh, paved corners. Um, just he, he's having fun. Um, <laughs> it's just a neat little video. Yeah, it's pretty cool when you see uh, these real cup stars, you know, having fun just like we do, uh, drifting these cars around corners and stuff. Yeah, sideways is fun. Yeah, that car is a blast. I really have have had fun with GRC. Uh, had a couple second places this week, uh, almost some wins. All right, next topic, uh, Doug Hunt Jr., staff member at iRacing, posted up uh, regarding uh, 
endurance races, we're making a change to the field size of all special events, all special events going forward. Instead of 60 cars per split, we're going to do 55 cars per split. This is to assist broadcasters who have been experiencing issues while trying to spectate and broadcast 60-car fields. So, does it matter that we have 60 or 55? They they already made that change, Mike. I did the roar before the 24, and they ha- we had 55 car fields. So that's what we'll have Saturday? Yep, that's exactly what we'll have Saturday. Unfortunately, we will not have the mix of cars that I was expecting. I mean, I know we're running the Ferrari GT3, but it sounds like we're going to be like one or two in the entire field of nothing but Mercs. But people have been complaining about that. But it, it it all comes down to you and the car. If if you're all within, you know, two tenths of a second of each other, everybody talks about this stuff being broken. It's not broken. All the cars are within two tenths of a second of each other. Where the Merc has an advantage is on the straightaways. Catch back up and pass them in the the tight areas because that's where the Ferrari has the advantage, especially at Daytona. Yep. All right, we're running out of time. I think we have enough to get through hardware, software. Uh, Tony, what do you got first? Well, I believe it was last week we were talking about this uh, Asus bezel free kit that uh, makes your monitor edges disappear. Um, they didn't really go into too much detail about it, but um, they, uh, they they posted up a video on YouTube uh, showing you what it looks like, and um, it's there. There's no wires. There's no batteries. There's no no power needed. Um, it's simply just a um, just a piece that uh, refracts the light and pa- helps the light pass through the the bezels. You don't see them in it. Uh, seeing the video, like, damn, this that looks pretty friggin' cool. I know I was kind of down on it when I talked about it the last time, but seeing it in action and seeing what it actually is, it's super easy. You just pull it on, pull it off, no matter what, you're good. Um, now that I'm going to go for memory here. I think they said they're only good for, uh, I believe, 20 to 20 and 22 inches. Um, but 24 or, yeah, the, the bigger monitors, 27, 32-inch monitors, they're going to be coming out with them soon anyhow. But these things look really neat now. Oh, yeah. The video speaks everything. Yeah, last week we only saw a picture. But once you see the video, Wow. It's impressive. I mean, visually, you cannot see the bezels. I mean, you see a little line there, but that's it. And like you said, it just clips on. I mean, uh, pretty cool. And if you have triples, you might be thinking about this. Uh, I'd like to see how the pricing shakes out. I know that made me, watching the video now, I'm very, very interested in it because that's my biggest thing I hate is seeing the bezel edges on my monitors. It looks like it's going to be inexpensive. You know, like you said, there's no wires, there's no electronics. It's literally like a plastic prism, you know, with uh, clips on the edge. Yeah. The only thing is, is it only works with this Asus monitor. This, uh, so if you, well, they said, well, if you listen to it, they actually said it'll work with any kind of monitors as long as they're the standard sizes. Okay. Yeah. Like 27 inch. 
No, no, they don't have those sizes yet. It's just uh, as long as you got like the smaller bezels on your on your monitor, you'll be fine. Um, they're coming out with like the 27 and 32 inch. You know, I'm sure they're going to pump them out quite shortly, but they're not they're not available as of yet. Just for the smaller monitors. Okay. Yeah. Now this is really cool. I, I I've only got two monitors at the moment. Um, now for iRacing, like I said last time, and I and I'm sticking to it. I I don't even really notice the bezels once I get racing. But for other things that I do, uh, this thing would be awesome because a lot of the times I'm I'm staring right at my bezel and it gets fairly annoying. Yeah, uh, David Tucker posted up in the in a post. Hey, you want to turn off bezel correction if you use this? Because uh, remember, we do have bezel correction in the sim, and you'd probably have to adjust it if you bought these things. He didn't sound like David was a fan. Uh, I'll tell you what he wrote. He said, this works, but the area under the lens will be distorted horizontally. That may be worse than having the bezel. And because the light is stretched over more area, and from losses in the optics, it is darker at the bezel. So it doesn't sound like he's a fan, but I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. I'm a fan. I mean, I just, sorry, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, I just wonder, you know, people who suffer from motion sickness, if that will trigger it, though. It's going to look blurry in that area, but... What? But that's what I was going to say. It's like, how often are you staring directly at that spot? You know what I mean? It's kind of peripheral vision kind of thing, right? Yeah, because, I mean, you know, you'll you'll glance over at your left or you'll, or you'll glance over to your right to, to catch your mirrors and, you know, your sides of your cars. I, I don't see, you know, I'm, I'm going to stare right at where that bezel is the entire race. You know, I just, I just don't see people doing that. <laughs> no, no, but maybe somebody's you know susceptible to easy motion sickness and that distortion right there in the peripheral might you know could be enough to trigger you know a sickness or whatever yeah all right next topic uh, at CES in Vegas Nvidia announced their large format gaming displays brand new 65 inch G-Sync display, guys. So 65-inch computer monitor. Okay, this is not a TV. This is a gaming monitor. Wow, what do you guys think about racing on that? Way too much real estate. Because one, Too much? Yeah, one like uh, a buddy of mine, he had a 55-inch TV. I know it wasn't a gaming monitor, but like he used to play World of Warcraft on it. And the amount of space that he would have to scroll... Compared to somebody with, you know, a regular 32 inch, like it's the bigger the TV, the more you got to scroll and move. So it actually can be quite a hindrance on bigger TVs, especially with computers. So, I mean, yeah, it, I, it I don't know. If, yeah, this, I don't think this is suited for iRacing. It might be fun for like Call of Duty and stuff, but. And that's what they're kind of showing, like first person type running around shooting stuff and, you know, but I mean, it, it may be a gaming monitor, but. I mean, it, it looks like just another TV, that's all. It looks expensive. Oh, yeah. They don't say a price. Yeah, if they didn't say a price, uh, you probably can't afford it right now. <laughs> right, so if you ask the price, you should. You probably can't afford it. How many right kidneys now. do you have? 
Not <laughs> enough. <laughs> I, I don't know. Tony, you, ain't you up to four now, bro? Well, if that's the case, I guess I can get me uh, one of them big-ass gaming monitors. <laughs> uh, sell, sell, sell both your kidneys, then you can get the whole, what is it, the, the $55,000 all-motion rig for iRacing? That's what you need, Tony. Okay, what's next, Tony? Uh, one of our listeners reached out to us, um, uh, giving us a little correction from what we were talking about last week. Uh, with the whole control shift alt v um uh we we were saying that it it converted the the replay f file into a video file um but apparently it's just a screen recorder built into the sim uh kind of the same as using obs or fraps and that was seth Whitaker that uh pointed that out to us and well thanks seth because i i don't really uh yeah I, I don't do any video stuff but uh if i do now i know so that's the record button is what he's saying, right? That's how you start the recording. Um, well, I couldn't even tell you. That's uh, yeah, he that's says it's a screen it. recorder. So, yeah, it's just, a, I think, semantics. I think we were saying if you push that button, it'll convert. But uh, what, he, what it really does is it actually starts recording a file into the video folder and then you can take that video file and upload it to you you know youtube or whatever okay so yeah you'd still have to go into the app any file and and select the right. type of uh file that you want it to go into but that that's how you get it to start recording okay well that's cool yeah all right next topic uh We're going to skip that one. We already covered that, so I'll jump to the next one. And this is uh, pretty big, guys. Uh, Bitcoin and cyber currency uh, has taken off recently, and guess what? That's affected the price of video cards for computers because that's how these bit miners uh, do it is they buy video graphic cards and they do the uh, cryptocurrency calculations through the graphics card is the way I understand it. So because these bit miners are buying up all the GPUs out on the market, the price has gone up. And uh, so there's been a lot of stories on Facebook and the forums about, uh, boy, if you want a video card, it's really a bad time to get one. It seems like this happens every couple of years though because i remember when i bought my 760 like a few months later the price started going up because crypto mining became popular yep which is funny uh, because i was reading an article the other day that pretty much said crypto mining there's no money in it so you might not even start because you have to get into these you know large farms with other people to make anything well, that's the thing. Apparently, people are buying these up and creating farms. I mean, this is proof. If the price goes up, that means the demand has gone up as well. There's another uh, article I found on tweaktown.com where they're quoting pricing. Uh, the price of uh, these cards that have gone up, for example, the GTX 1080 Ti now costs up to $1,600. The RX Vega 64, $2,100. 
And, wow, uh, ridiculous money. That is, I couldn't know. Yeah, it's insane right now. So it's a real bad time to be buying a, a graphics card for your uh, iRacing computer because of these uh, price uh, increases. All right, uh, Tony, final topic. Yeah, so I'm not too sure if I fully understand this one, but a uh, it was posted up on the forums, and I am really going to butcher this name, and I apologize. Uh, Isvan Ballo, um, but he's got a camera package um, with a fully cut... Uh, Four to five uh, TV style camera groups. Um, I'm Mike. You got to help me out on this one. I, I believe it's for if you're uh, trying to do go for like YouTube videos and, and, and yeah, that sort of thing. broadcasting yeah. people would use this uh, YouTube videos, that kind of thing. Uh, he has a website at the bottom of the post that you can click. And uh, there you have the option of actually downloading the cameras and you can install this right into iRacing and take advantage of these different camera views that this guy has created. And by the video that he posted as a preview, they look pretty dang good. I mean, I was kind of surprised by the quality of the some of the shots he was getting. And they're certainly not shots that you're used to seeing. These are uh, some interesting angles for sure. So broadcasting a lot better for iRacing. Yeah. Uh, kind of these pan shots and you know how they have the cables that run down the side of the track and the camera moves. I mean, stuff that looks like that. So you know how you're, when you're watching a race and you have the different cameras, there's like 10 to choose from. Well, what this guy does is he gives you more to choose from basically. And uh, he said they're specific for NASCAR. Uh, he's got a, a pretty neat little package there. So uh, thanks to Isvan Balo. Good uh, uh, getting his name right there, Tony. Uh, you can search this in the forum under Track Cams for Gourmets. So I'm not real big on that. I don't see a need for me to use this. But, yeah, if you're broadcasting, I'd definitely check this out. Oh heck yeah! I was I was looking at some of those, um, and you could uh, some of those broadcasters could bring like the you know the crank it up that that Fox does for for NASCAR. I absolutely yep. love that. I mean, I I crank it up when that happens. All right, uh, pretty cool. Check that out. Let's get into final thoughts. Uh, David Flowers, what do you got? Just. Uh... Doing final touches for uh, the 24 hours of Daytona. I got first stint, and I'm going to try to keep it clean to be able to handle the car off to somebody else. That's the goal. All right, good luck with that. Uh, and uh, this week we did announce that David Flowers has taken on an admis- administrative role here at Tafosi Racing. So congrats, uh, David, for joining me. As the second admin on this team, uh, you certainly deserve it. Uh, you do a lot of work about keeping this team going, so thank you very much. No problem. Congrats there, David. Thanks, Chris. All right. Uh, Tony Groves, final thoughts. 
Oh, well, uh, I, I won't be racing with you guys in the, uh, in the 24 hours of Daytona, but I will be rooting you on and I wish you guys all the best of luck. I'll even, uh, I'll sneak on for a time or two to, uh, to watch and, and, uh, you know, I hope you guys, hope you guys do really well. Um, aside from that, um, I am struggling like crazy hard with this, uh, a car. Um, maybe it's just the, uh, the shorter tracks that I'm, I'm struggling with. Uh, we'll see. I'm looking forward to getting out on a, a mile and a half and seeing how I can fare out there. But, uh, I still stay positive. I, I can't wait for this NIS season to start this off season. Um, like I said, last week, I've, I've had enough. I, I want to get back into it. We're getting close. All right, uh, Chris Perez, thanks for joining us. You're certainly welcome anytime, and uh, what are your final thoughts? I'd just like to thank you and David and Tony for having me on tonight, and just I'm curious, I might participate in this Road to Pro on the truck side. I like the trucks. I like the balance of those. I understand them. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, it's going to be high participation, I think, and so anytime there's a lot of drivers it's going to be good racing so yeah i encourage everybody to get involved with the road to pro truck series that's coming up here all right thanks chris uh my final thoughts uh boy ai man i was telling tony man this came out of the blue i mean i don't think we had any inkling that this was on the radar in any way whatsoever but like i talked about before it all makes sense if you look at the big picture how NASCAR is getting more involved in what we're doing, how, you know, they want things a certain way, how this could lead to racing the real NASCAR stars on track in a simulator at the real race at the same time the real race is going on. Is that where they're going? Well, it certainly looks like it. So it's uh, never a better time to be involved in iRacing with all the new stuff that they've had. And, and now that Tony uh, Gardner has come out and announced all these new plans, uh, especially the AI thing. Uh, certainly exciting times for iRacing in the near future. Uh, excited for Richmond tonight. We'll see how I do. I'm kind of going in that without any practice. And I hope I uh, have a car when I come in about the 13th hour of the race on Saturday to actually run. So, uh, And I hope I'm not the one who dumps it. That's always the the thing in the 24-hour races is don't be the guy who wrecks, you know? Yeah, just, my... Sorry, go ahead, Chris. Just be smooth and hit your marks. Just, you know, get through it. And watch out for the prototypes because they come out of nowhere. If you have to take a less optimal line to the bus stop for them to pass you, do it. Yeah. All right, and with that, we'll see you later. Yep, thanks, Mike. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.